This is Rock Cape Town's podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today, and we hope this sermon brings life to you. Here's today's message. Amen. Let's quickly look at the scriptures today. We're going to be doing one more uh, topic on the kingdom principles. Kingdom principles. You know, uh, we have just joined. We're part of the kingdom of God. Christ came to establish his kingdom, and we are here to grow the kingdom of God, to sustain the kingdom of God. That's, if we may just summarize, we are here to sustain and grow the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in our hands. Remember, we are here on earth for his kingdom. Christ came to establish his kingdom when the Jews were hoping that he was there for politics, to take the political power from the Romans, people who are oppressing them. But Christ came for a bigger thing that is his kingdom. We're going to be looking at the principles of the kingdom. You know, before we started with this, we said that if you go to another country, you know, uh, some of you um, will go to another country, maybe you are immigrating. Anyone uh, hoping to immigrate here? Nobody? Okay, there's one person. If you go there, you have to learn about that kingdom. You learn about that country. You must know. I, I know that in America, if you want to immigrate, you know, I checked around one day, I may want to go there. They actually do the interviews, eh? They interview you. You go through the book. If you don't know anything about them, they don't want you. Yeah. The kingdom of God is, is like that as well. I, I know here in South Africa, we just opened the borders for everybody. They don't know anything about us. We should sort that. People who come here, they should know about us. Amen. So now the principles of the kingdom are very important because if you come to any kingdom, if you go to any country, they want you to be interested in them. They want to know, are you interested in them? Do you know their laws? Do you know how they operate? You must know their speed limit. Amen. That's the simple thing. Eh? You must know that uh, we pay taxes. This is how much taxes we pay. You must know this is how we do things. That's why we have to understand the kingdom of God. Because if we don't, we're not going to benefit from what the kingdom has for us. And we're going to find ourselves on the wrong side of the law in the kingdom. That's why we need to understand the kingdom principles. That we, we, we were looking at the, uh, the parables Christ was teaching them. This is how the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is like this. We're going to just looking at that today, just looking at those uh, principles through the parables. Today we're going to be looking at the two last parables and um, just going through the other parables, what you have learned from the parables that we did the previous weeks, last week and the other weeks. But the important thing is that you must know how the kingdom operates, how God operates. Amen. You cannot just call upon the Lord when you were very far from him. You cannot just continue to live in sin and think that one day you're just going to shout out to him. <laughs> he will not hear you because in the Bible he says, it's not that I cannot hear you, it's your sins. It's the things that you do. Be right with God. be right. No Amen. 
When we go through the scripture, when we avail ourselves and speak to God, Amen. I can see them. You know, there are those people among the Lungis at all. They are, in, they are in the wrong part of the Lungis. They come and I'm praying today that you are not going to correction. Allow people to correct you so that you may do the right thing. Now, we're going to be looking at the few things um, as far as the kingdom is concerned, but the main scripture for us today, the main principle we're going to be talking about today, as I'm opening, we're going to be um, looking at the, um, the parable of, um, of the living and the parable of, um, let's quickly open up here, of the mustard seed, but we're going to be just going through this one so that we may continue to learn on the principles of the kingdom. If you are in the right place, you know, we know that we're talking about the, being in the right place at the right time. There is no Zamba You do not want to find yourself wrong. Especially wrong wrong side of God. Then you are in trouble. Now let's quickly look at the other parables. Remember, we spoke about the parable of talents. That's uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, if you read from verse 25 there, we spoke about the parable of talents. And I want, I want us to go to what can we learn from the parable of talents. The parable of talents, it was about God, but it goes like the, the, a certain king went and gave his servants talents. He gave he gave five to the other, he gave three to the other, and he gave two to the other, and he gave one to the other, according to what? To their ability. He, all three of them, they were given something. All three of them, they were given something as the talent to multiply, to use. So this parable is telling us that you take something. God has given you something to contribute positively in your community, in your company. God has given you something to contribute positively in your society, in your family. I know that there are people who may think, I have nothing to contribute, I have nothing to give. You have something, God has given you something to make things better in your family, to make things better here at church. Do you know that God has given you something? Amen. He has given you something. I know you may not be singing, you may not be playing, you may not be gifted in other things. You may not be in the media desk. But you can't to make things better. Now the question is, what are you doing with what God has given you? God has given you something. You have something. It doesn't matter. It may be smaller or little than the, the, your, your neighbor, the other person. But God has given you according to your ability. You know what I like about God is that he gives you. And when he gives you, it's up to you to use it. And when you use it, it gets better. You will get better. There may be a person here who has a potential to sing, but you, you, you can't you have that potential until you step out and sing. You will never be better in singing. There are people here perhaps who perhaps have an idea of running a business. You will never be better in running the business until you step out and begin to run the business. 
There are people who have great ideas given by God. Those ideas will never be anything until you implement them. It's all about implementation. The, the parable of the talents it tells us that when God gives you something, you may think about it and think about it. You will die with that thinking until you implement what God has given you. It will never be anything. So everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you are educated, you are not educated, it doesn't matter if you, have, if you have money or you don't have money, God has given you something to make your life better. And it's easy to find what God has given you, you know it. You can make a difference by coming and implementing what God has given you. Implementing what God has given you or using that gift that God has given you. Now, let's understand that if you are not using what God has given you, it will disappear. If you begin to use what God has given you, it increases. That's why here is a principle. Let's look at the principle. Now, it says that God has given you, every one of us, something, and we must use what God has given us. Now, I want us to look at the principle here that if you, let's read verse 29. If we go to verse 29, it says, for everyone who has, how many of you has? All of you has here. And it says, more will be given. You have, you use, more will be given. You have, you use, more will be given. You know, in Amis, I believe there are people who are good evangelists, but they are sitting with that gift in their homes. Now we're taking them to Joshua for next week. <laughs> we're helping you. Yeah, there are great evangelists here who are very good in preaching the gospel, but in, in testifying. But now, how are we going to know? How are we going to better that gift? There are people here who, are, who have the gift of prophecy. I'm not prophesying. I know people will say, oh, prophesy me, you are prophesying. I know it from the Bible. The Bible says, some it, it says God has given those 12 gifts to all. Some have been given this, some have been given. That's why I know that there are people who've got the gift of prophecy, but because they don't come to home cell, they only come to church, they don't want, they don't even visit people, they don't go do follow-ups. How are they going to prophesy? Because the prophecy is for education. Maybe the, your dog, I don't know. You minister to your dog? Who do you minister to? Now the Bible says that what, if we use what God has given us, it multiplies your gift of prophecy. Maybe you might doubt, but you know the gift of prophecy that you have, or the gift of faith, or the gift of healings that is in the Bible, it will be something when you begin to implement that. Amen. All of us here who are called into ministry, to minister to people, we are not a religious organization. You come to church, you do your religious rituals and you go back home. We are ministers. We are called to be ministers of the gospel. You should be worried to buy Vegia greater and you've never ministered to anyone. You've never touched any lives. Because Amen. They've got this strange thinking of touches people without other people doing it. The Bible puts it clear that in the atmosphere, we cannot just pray and say, Lord, we pray for, for table view. Maybe we pray for 
blowback. Lord, we pray that your spirit, Lord God Almighty, will touch those people. That's the wrong prayer. The spirit of God touched those people when you go there because the spirit of God resides in you. Maybe the prayer that you got to be, to be saying is, Lord, I pray that you may open the opportunities that you may go there and minister. Because the spirit resides in us. He can only go with us. Now if we read verse 29, it says that if you have, more will be given. If you go there and you minister to people and you're excited like the disciples in the book of um, Luke chapter 11, when they went and preached, they say, Lord, even the demons, when we spoke to them, when we rebuked them, they did not refuse to go. They heard us. They tested the authority, these guys, and they now knew that, you know what, the Spirit of the Lord, there are people here who don't even know that it, I'm a demon, 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 I'm a But you are sitting with that. So the disciples, when they went and preached, and the demons were subjected to their authority, now they began to do it more often, they began to do it more often, and guess what happens? Their ministry grew. Their gifting grew, and they were better. You haven't even prayed for Umdo Kulayo, because all of us, even if you don't have the gift of healings, the Bible says we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So whatever we do, it will get better. That's why we say, let's come, it will get better. Come to the home cell, minister to people. There are people who are waiting for you then, for your ministry. I know that some people may think, uh, it's boring. It's boring because you don't do what you're supposed to do. You pray when you go to the home cell, Lord, help us, let's minister. Maybe somebody's going to, maybe there are people who are hurt. I'm not going to home cell because I'm hurt. I'm not going to home cell because I'm discouraged. You should be the one who's going because there, there's going to be the ministry. There's going to be people who have the gift of prophecy, who will edify you, who will comfort you. There's ministration in the cell. If it's boring, then it's a social club. But there must be administration of the Holy Spirit. Now if we read verse 29, it says that if you have more, more will be given. If you don't even use what you have, if we read it, it says, but for him who does not have, that means you do not know that you have. It's going to be taken away. Find out what you have and begin to use it. It will increase. That's what we learn from the gift of prophecy, you have something. If you use it, it will multiply. The guys, they will tell you, the guys here who are playing, they will tell you, you know, when I started playing guitar, I wasn't so good in playing guitar, but I got better, and I got better, and I got better. The people who are driving, they will tell you, you know, I was so afraid even to drive in big cities. I got better, I got better. Now I have confidence, because when you use what you have, you get better. We even know Abelung about practice makes you do it all the time. Are we here to be discouraged because you continue? You don't stop because outside there. You continue. If it did not work, you continue to do it and you will get better. That's why the Bible puts it clear that he, if you don't use you hurt what you have, it will be taken away. That's the that's the um, parable of the talents. God has given us something 
You know, we are struggling here at church because of people who are not doing what they're supposed to do. Uchikwa has put you here for a reason. And Uchikwa has put you here for a reason every Sunday. Let me repeat this. Even maybe they may just forgive me. The first time this time. But when you've been coming to our church, the purpose is not for you to sit in, this, in, in the pew all the time. It's not it. The purpose is to make this place better. The purpose is to make people here better. Amen. The purpose is to do what? Is to make Abandu better here. There are people who need your ministry. So you are not here to sit every Sunday. Please, must promise a spirit to social every Sunday here. Or who's the clownist took tears of Pindus, of Pindungas, of Pindus, of Pindungas. There is better, there is more. There is more, Bazalan. Let me repeat this there is more. You, you may be, perhaps some of you have been saved for many years, but you've never experienced the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I believe that today is the time that you may experience that, that you may seek the Lord and find the Lord and ask the Lord, what is that that you want me to do, Lord? We also said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve here. Amen. By next week, you know what he will do? He will not come and sit here and next week, Apindaza, Apindaza, he will look around and ask, what can I do? Because I did not come to be served. And this is the fact that he said, 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 Christ said in his I came to make things happen. So, as a child of God, look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, make things happen. Amen. Amen. Be like Jesus. I know that we sing here and say, I want to be like Jesus. I want to. Do you know how to be like Jesus? Jesus was a doer. If you want to be like Jesus, he was a doer. That's why we pray today that whatever God has given you, you know, so it's fine, it's not your gifting, but do the other things that will make the church better. Amen. Yes. And I believe here, why toilet is not going to be able to It doesn't matter. Nobody will see OEAP company. Nobody will see You can still serve. 
Amen. Amen. Stop complaining. You must be a doer like Jesus. Now, God gives us the gift. This is a parable of the talent. Let's go to, just to summarize the other parables here, so that you may quickly go to the main that we're going to be talking about here. Now, there is a parable that we didn't speak about, the parable of the ten girls or ten virgins, all, all of us will know from the scripture. What can we learn from that parable? It's in the book of Matthew chapter 13. It speaks about the readiness, being ready when the opportunity comes. Being ready when the opportunity comes. Now he talks about the five who were wise and the five who were foolish, who were not prepared when the groom came. They were not prepared. They had to go and buy the oil when they were supposed to do it. You know, the wise one, what did they do? You know, let's, let's get one thing clear here. They prepared, and it, it costs time to be prepared. For some time, these girls, they thought, you know what? We don't have enough oil. We'll have time. They thought, no, we'll have time. And then this guy came. When he came, all of them, they were sleeping. You know, at least if we're not saying people should not sleep and rest. There are people who rest and they have worked. There are people about rest, they have not finished their work. You haven't worked, but you are lulled. So these ones, they were sleeping. They didn't do anything. They thought we will have time. I think that mentality of thinking we will have time. We have to be prepared all the time. So these guys, these are the five who were wise. They prepared everything. They made sure I have, we have enough, even the extra oil. That means they, they, whatever they did, they went extra mile. This one, they just did what they thought it was enough. And it was not enough. So that means whatever we do something, we're trying to do something, let's go beyond. Let's go for an extra mile. And now, when the, the bride, when, when the bridegroom came, guess what? Now it was not enough. Their efforts were not enough. And then they had to go and buy the oil. They should have done it yesterday. You know, there are things about the they keep postponing them. This tells us about laziness. First of all, you see that these, guys, these girls were lazy or they were procrastinating. They were just hoping that we will have time to go. And to, the Bible says that let's do what you're supposed to do. Now we'll still have time. Now, this parable, it teaches us that in the kingdom of God, we have to do and go an extra mile and be more than prepared. Because gives us opportunities. When it comes with an opportunity, you are not prepared. You have yourself to blame. When it comes, you must have that you must be ready, you must have everything that you need to grab that opportunity. Because opportunity comes and you do not know when the opportunity comes. So we must be ready. This scripture, if you read the last part, it talks about the coming of the son of man, who coming for the second time. The readiness, that you must be ready all the time. You cannot say, I'm going to wait, maybe it's not going to come tomorrow. You must be ready, life is all about readiness. You must be ready when opportunity comes. When opportunity of somebody comes, opportunity of business comes, 
and you are not ready, they're not going to wait for you. When the business opportunity comes, be ready, take that opportunity. That's what we can learn from the parable of the ten virgins. So, these ten girls, they teach us that we should not be lazy. Let's do it. In the questions, I'm sure we postpone the if you can do it today, just do it. You know, all of us, all of us, I, I believe here, we have a challenge of postponing reason. And doing nothing, you postpone, not for a good reason, just to chill. <laughs> you just postpone this, no, I, no, I, let, let me just chill. That's not a good reason. At least finish it. Amen. So now this Bible teaches us that we must not procrastinate. Let's do what we're supposed to do. Let's beat the laziness. Let's beat the laziness. All of us, I believe it's our challenge. We are lazy, all of us. We, can, we want to postpone things. All of us, we want to do the bare minimum, all of us. But let's do more. And we'll be ready for life. Now if we read uh, verse 10 of chapter 25, it says, and whilst they want to buy, they want to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready, say those who were ready, went in with him to the wedding. They want to buy, those who were ready, they got inside. They got the opportunity because they were ready. That's what we can learn from the parable of the ten girls or ten virgins it's important that all of us will be ready. You know, they qualified. They were virgins. They qualified. They had the oil. They qualified for everything except that they were lazy and that they were not fully prepared. So if we can just be fully prepared for everything, God will help us. Now, the third one that we looked at last week and last of last week, it's a hidden treasure. Very important for all of us that we value the kingdom of God. Because this hidden treasure is our relationship with God. It's the kingdom of God. And last week we spoke about seeking God whilst you can find him. Being in close proximity with him all the time. If we read from the book of James chapter 1 verse 6 it says... Um, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Try by all means. Amen. Then you'll be in trouble. Try to make sure that your relationship with God is up to date. Make sure that you close to God. You pray every day. You spend time with him. Let that relationship be so strong because he is our greatest treasure. The Bible talks about this man who found the treasure and he went to sell everything. This scripture talks about priorities. It talks about priorities. So if we can just get our priorities right, our lives will be better. Let's make God our first priority. Seek you first, the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added to you. The kingdom is everything to us. You know, to those who are students here today, you rather have your 70s and still have God than have your distinctions and be very far from God. Your distinctions will not heal you. 
Maybe you are working over time. You do not have time for God. You do not have time for kingdom. I'm telling you, that money will not give you what God can only give you. That's why you look at your, you look at your priorities and you set your priorities straight. Don't trade in God for other things because he's the only thing we have that can give us everything. He can give us everything. He can restore everything. You may lose other things. You may even lose maybe your, your assets, but God will know that he's a restorer. We read it from the book of Job that Job chose God above everything and God restored him. Our God restores. Let's get our priorities. No prayer will help you if you've got your priorities wrong. We will pray for you. It, our prayer here, I, I know there are Abbas for It's not about Amen. You know, people, they go to all of these places. I don't know where they find this in the scripture. That umfundisi uh, will pray for you and when you are breaking all the principles of God, it's right. We cannot pray and change the principles of God. All you've got to do is Make sure that you abide by the principles of God. Everything will fall into place. If you have not made the kingdom of God your priority, we cannot just pray that is when you have not, when you are looking for things. The Bible says, if you seek first my kingdom, all other things will fall into place. Until you fix what you need to fix, it cannot be fixed by prayer. Amen. It cannot be fixed by prayer. It cannot be fixed by miracle water. It cannot be fixed by miracle oil. Everything miracle will not fix if you don't have a great relationship with God. That's why we have to get our priorities right. Let's get our priorities right. Let's do it. So here this guy found the great treasure and what he did, he sold everything. He sold everything that he had. He traded in everything just to get the kingdom of God. Our priorities must be right and everything will fall into place. Now, the parable of the sower, this is what God is doing to all of us. It's, if we read there, it says the, the, the kingdom of God is like a sower who went to sow and the, the, the seed, all of us, the seed, God speak to all of us. God is here to sow to all of us. It depends what we do with the seed that God sow in us. If we do nothing, we just throw the seed away, there's not going to be fruit. There's not going to be harvest. So the word of God is like God coming and he sow his word to us. Whatever his principles, his saying, all his saying. Now, the results will depend on how we take the seed. The Bible tells us that the other seed fell on the rocky ground. There are people who are, who are the stony ground. There are people, he said, I figure it out, figure it in bail. There are those that figure it out, but you figure, when they call right, the in bail, that is the word of God. God put the seed, whatever, even his blessing to us is a seed. His blessing, when he promised David that he would be a king, it was a seed. 
If it came to a stony ground, it would have not produced fruit. But it came to a good ground, and David received the seed that was the promise of God, and it produced some fruit. If it came on the wayside, it would have produced anything. That's why today we have to allow ourselves, be close to God, like the previous parable, be close to God when God shows. I know sometimes when God says something to us, it's not comfortable, it's not uh, nice, or it doesn't make sense. Do we reject it because it doesn't make sense? I know people, because remember the Bible says God is not like us. Jesus will never make sense to us. As we come close to him, we'll begin to understand him. But if he says something, let us do it. Like in the Bible, remember, if we look at the first miracle of Jesus in the Bible, Jesus came and you know what? They ran out of oil. All of us, they ran out of wine. All of us sometimes run out of things. You run out of hope. You run out of whatever that, that is sustaining. You may run out of money. And when Christ comes and says, this is what you've got to do, how you, do you receive what God is telling you? So these guys, they ran out of, they ran out of wine. And now Jesus was approached all of us who do approach God don't you run out of things, don't you? You run out of hope, you approach God. You run out of health, you approach God, don't you? So they approach God, they approach Jesus and say, Jesus, we do not have wine, it's finished, what do we do? And Jesus said, get all the containers that you may find and fill them with water. It did not make sense to them. Now, they had a choice, these guys. Their first choice was to say, to be a wayside, to say, ah, this, I, I couldn't tell them. Do you know there are people who I couldn't tell them? That's the wayside. Or we receive, I got Or we receive, but not do what you're supposed to do. So these guys, they, were, they received the warning from Mary. They came to him, but yeah, I see Valentinova. And then they, and then yes, and then now they were good ground. They went to fill all the containers. Guess what? There was a reward. So it depends how we receive the word from God. How we receive in the church. You know, there are a lot of things that are so difficult to do. If we reject them, there won't be reward. If we reject, there won't be reward. You have to receive it. As difficult as it may sound, as difficult as it may be to do, if we receive it, we will show the fruit. We will have some results. That's what we can learn there. Kingdom says something, you receive it. Remember the, the ten lepers, the people who had lepros? They came to Jesus. It was so difficult what he commanded them to do because these guys came. You know, they were living. I, I know that uh, all of you, we don't have leprosy now. It was eradicated many years ago. If we had, you'll understand that people who have leprosy, this is about quarantine. All of you, you know quarantine today, you know. You know that <laughs> word. <laughs> we'll quarantine them. We'll put them in the open island. Like, but the corona, put them there. 
until they died because there was no cure. So these guys, they were not allowed to come close to people because it was contagious. They would stay in the mountains and they had Jesus from a distance. They didn't even come close. They shouted, Lord Jesus, help us, clean us. And Jesus said to them, you know, the last person that you want to go to when you have leprosy is to go to the man that has been trusted by God, has been given anointing like the priest. The priest who are there to clean God, you wouldn't come close to the priest if you had leprosy. And Jesus said, hey, go to the priest. Go show yourself. Did he heal them? No, he didn't heal them. That's what we want. We want quick fixes. Yeah. That's quick fixes. Like, like, like um, the guy who was a, 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 Syrian, um, a Syrian army uh, commander. He came and said, uh, if you can just, it's, it, I believe it's Naaman, if you can just do this, I'll be healed. And they sent him to do something. As I was like, fruit to you, go do this. They just want something just to wave. Remove all the disobedience. Remove all the things you're not doing. So that it's just there, right? Isn't it? And then Jesus said to them, go show yourself to the priest. These guys, they thought, wow, going to the priest, that's very risky. They were going to be stoned. But they took his word. And the Bible says, as they went, you see, let, let's, let me tell you about how God operates. When he speaks something, when he promises you, his promise will come to pass as you do his word. As you do his word. You cannot just wait and say, I'm going to wait, Lord, for this promise. No, it comes as you do his word. Those guys, if they waited, because he said to them, he gave them the, the results. He said that, go show yourself because you will be clean to the priest. Go show the priest that you are healed. Were they healed? No, they were not healed. But they had to go to the priest. And the Bible tells us that whilst they were on their way, they were when they were on their way. And they went to the priest. And the priest was surprised because I know I, I, I have a feeling that they had a record of the people who were infected. That these guys, what is that? These guys, they are coming. They are clean now. What happened to them? The priest knew that these guys were quarantined. They had leprosy. They had the record of that. When they came to the priest, the priest was surprised that they were healed. What can we learn from the parable of the sower? When God tells us to do something, we do not wait. We do it. It may sound costly. All, most of the time, the things that God wants us to do, they sound costly. But as we go, as we go, because God works with obedience, if you obey his words and do his word, whatever promise will come to pass as you do God's word. So let us be doers of the word, because if we are the doers of the word, we will receive the promise. Amen. I, I don't know, but if you are rebellious, you rebel against the word of God, there's no choice for you. Amen. There's no cure for you whatsoever. I remember uh, as, as we um, going through this other parable here, I remember a story that I was told, and I was already, the other brother, Wakubeka, apparently he went um, 
okay, we're going to be going to this. Apparently, this guy went to the pastor. He was going through some difficult financial difficulties. It was so difficult for him. So he wanted the financial breakthrough. And he went to this pastor. This pastor was just telling us. He went to this pastor. Uh, because sometimes, you know, we don't ask people, and this guy said, you know, pastor, I'm going through some financial difficulties. Will you pray for me? And the pastor asked, do you give your tithes and offer? And he said, no. He said, no, go fix that. Go fix that. All will be well. He didn't pray for him. I know sometimes when we pray for people, maybe we should be asking, what's the trouble? Maybe it will be easy. We will tell really them what they're supposed to do without giving them a false sense of hope when there is no hope. Because the hope is in doing. Yeah. Amen. Maybe that false sense of hope is good for the people, but you'll be disappointed because nothing will happen. You will still come here. You are not the doer of the word of God. Why should we give you false sense of hope? That's that tengseli oil, tengsela lena, uzautenga liana, and all we don't even tell you to go do the word. Because when you do the word of God, all will fall into place. That's the principle that is being taught by the parable of the sower. When we receive the word of God, the Bible says that the one who received the word of God bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. But those who did not receive and did not do anything about the word of God, they had nothing. So that's the parable of the sower. Now if we read from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, let's quickly go there. Chapter 1, verse 8 says, The book of this law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to what is written in it. Observe to do what is written in it. For then you will. Then this is a reward. God is a rewarder. God rewards. He is a rewarder. Prayer doesn't change the mind of God. doesn't override the principles of God. God rewards. If you do this and that and that, then this is what is going to happen. So the Bible puts it clear that all the good things comes after we do what God commands us to do. Deal with the rebellion in our lives. Deal with not doing the word of God in our lives. And we shall see God coming through. That, that, that's the real breakthrough we're talking about here. The breakthrough when you do the word of God and God comes through for you. Now let's quickly read uh, this last parable as we are closing. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. 13, verse 31 and 32. Another parable he puts forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Which a man took and sowed in the field. Which indeed is the list of all the seeds. But when it, when, it, when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the bed of the air comes come and the nest in, a nest in its branches. And verse 33, another parable he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like living which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. So now the Bible tells us about 
this, this is all about the seed here, the leaf and something that has a potential to multiply. That means, Uchikobazorane wants us to understand the miracle of the living. That what is once small, what is once insignificant, can grow if it's handled very well. What is small, I know there are people here who look at themselves and say, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm just a nobody. I come from nobody. Family, my family is not known, and I'm struggling with that and that. I, I am just a nobody. But we understand that all of us here, according to this scripture, all of us who are like that seed, a mustard seed, that nobody notices it, nobody will look at it. At, at, at the present time, that seed will not produce anything until it's put on the ground. When it's put in the ground, it will produce, it will multiply and multiply. Each and every one of us in this place, I believe. It doesn't matter when you start, you know, I know that some people are saying, maybe Pastor, it's too late, you know, I'm 30, I'm 40, and maybe I'm, but you know what? There's still that thing in you that will make your life so significant if you can just do something about it. Now, if you read it, says that another parable, he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like a living, which a woman took and hid it in three measures till it was leavened. And all of us will know, we are like that living. Sifana, the yeast, you know, yeast, when you look at the yeast, when you put it, mix it with the flour and you make that dough, you make a lot of things. It grows, it multiplies. So I believe that each and every one of us in this place, it doesn't matter how insignificant you seem, how small you seem, but I believe that there is a, a potential that living in you, that will just burst and will see some great fruit. I know you might look at yourself and say, you know, even in, the, even in the position that I'm in now, it's not conducive that I will make a difference, but I believe that it doesn't matter how small it is, it doesn't matter how insignificant you seem to be, you can make it a big difference. Just allow the potter, allow God to make you as he wants, as he will, to make you Submit yourself to the potter. Submit yourself to the one who's going to mix you and make the dough and your life will be better. Let's stand as we are closing. Now, if we look at this, at this scripture here, it says that um, the woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Now, remember that if we're talking about the living, we're talking about something that, that, that can transform or that can modify something for better. All of you in this place, remember what you've said is that just to warm those chairs. You are like a yeast. If you allow yourself to be used, you will modify this place. Each and every one of you, you will modify the society. You will modify that company for the better. That means you being there as the seed, as like a mustard seed, like a living, if you allow yourself, everything around you will be better. 
That's who you are today. You are like a mustard seed. You are like what can modify, what can transform, what can bring radical transformation, what can bring multiplication in whatever area, whatever place you are. You are like a mustard seed. We're going to pray today as we pray for you. We pray that you may realize your potential. There are people here, all of you have the potential. You can realize your potential. Remember, you're not competing with anyone. You have your own potential. We're going to pray today that you may realize that potential. And when you realize that potential, we will see a tremendous change. You will see a marvelous change in your society, in your life, because of the seed that God has put in you. I know that some of you, you are already doubting yourself. You know, ah, I'll just live and live and die. No, you do not have to live insignificant life and die. When Christ, when, when God spoke to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want your life to matter. I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. That's what God said to Abraham. He said, you might look small as you are coming from this family, but I want to take you out so that out of you, many things will come. Out of you, deliverances will come. Out of you, many people will, will be ministered to. Many people will be healed. Out of you, many people will get jobs. Out of you, many people will have hope. That's what we're talking about, the living. That's what we're talking about, the mustard seed. That is so insignificant when it's not put on the ground. That's who you are today. It doesn't matter what people have said to you. It doesn't matter. Remember the life of David? When David was not even considered by his father, nobody considered him when Samuel came and wanted to anoint the king among the house of Jesse. He could not anoint anyone until David was brought. And his father just remembered, oh, there is this guy who is in the field, but little did they know that David was like a mustard seed. People did not look at him. Even people are passing you. But you know what? All we know is that you like a mustard seed. And that mustard seed, it's about to multiply. You are like a living that is about to make a radical modification, transformation where it is planted.